Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. So, so um, I don't sound on, but I'm sure. Turn me, turn, turn me up. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to rush, rush, so that because um, there's such a temptation to talk. <laughs> Um, and to create a break, even when there's not a break. Um, and I was trying to avoid that. Um, so today is the final se- uh, sermon in our series on leadership. And um, uh, Okay, so leadership that lasts. You'll know if you've been here for a few weeks that we've been going through this series, developing a culture of godly leadership in the church and our lives. And uh, so, yeah, and so what we've been doing is we've been looking at various characteristics of leadership. And you'll remember from the very first one that although sometimes people think of leadership as being an issue of character, uh, competence, and chemistry, what you know, character being who you are, uh, competence being how good you are, and chemistry being how well you get on, uh, maybe with others. I, I've kind of said. There is an element of that that's true, but really, truly, the biggest issue of leadership is around your character. And that is like 90% of it, and then the other two bits come along. And, and I argue that from the fact that Jesus, or, or God, when he used people, he often used people who were not capable. So when he called Moses, Moses was not like an obvious leader Uh, Moses was the most reluctant of leaders and felt absolutely incapable of doing what God had called him to do. And he didn't even get on with the Israelites. So that was the truth about Moses. Yet God used him uh, because of the humility and all that God had done in his life. And so what I was saying in this whole series, what we've been trying to say is this. The most important thing about leadership is that development of your own character, that internal development of your character. And we all want to develop. So many of us don't think of ourselves as leaders, but if leadership is about developing myself, then of course I want to be a leader. And what I was saying was if you develop yourself, two things usually happen. People will follow you. I don't mean like on Twitter or on Instagram, but people will look to you and go, oh, what is it about that person? And secondly, people will give you things to do. And that's really what leadership is about. People follow you, people give you things to do. And they'll do that because of character. And one of the reasons that that is important right now is we live in a world where character is the very thing that's lacking in leadership. It's the very thing that's lacking. And also, you can maximise all that you are meant to be in God by developing your character. So if we go to the next slide, Bill, which I think is the wheel. Well, um, we're going to look at humility in a moment. Okay, so Bill, I spoke to Bill last night at about 10.30, and I said, do you mind doing me a slide? And so, uh, so Bill was up till I don't know what time doing this for me. Thank you, Bill. Um, And this kind of encompasses the whole of our course. So right at the heart, our purpose, our mission, it is development. But I also just needed to say it's also about devotion. And by devotion, I don't mean to yourself, but I mean to God. And that that has to be the centre of the life of the Christian, must be this devotion to him. 
Yeah? If you're not devoted to God, let me encourage you. Find a way to become devoted to God. Find a way to do that. And then I, I talked about very briefly in the first week, so you may not have seen this, um, these four things that exist in life, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you have to deal with relationships, you have resources that you have to manage, you have responsibilities that you handle, and you must understand rest. And by rest, I mean boundaries. How do you create boundaries in your life? And life, ex- all those things happen in life. Whether or not you want to be a leader or don't want to be a leader, whether or not you develop yourself or you don't develop yourself, those four things happen to you. And so if you develop yourself uh, by, by applying discipline and excellence and kindness, humility, wisdom and courage, then you will become everything that God has called you to be. And it's in the development of godly character that you are able to sustain yourself in the long run. Yeah? It's not just about what happens today or tomorrow, but if you want to still be loving Jesus even more in 5, 10, 20 years' time, you should do this. Yeah? If you don't mind about loving Jesus, then don't worry, and then you may or may not. Yeah? But if you want to love him more in the future... Then, you, then do this, yeah? This would be my own testimony. Um, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily brilliant at these things, but I definitely love God more now than I did when I was 20. Yeah? And that has come through, for me, actually not a lot of those things, it has come through devotion, yeah? That, that's just grown um, as time has gone on. So we are hitting the last of these um, uh, characteristics And the last one is humility. And uh, humility is an interesting one, as we'll find out. Um, The first thing I want to talk about is what I would term social humility. Social humility. And that's the kind of humility when, you know, okay, this hasn't actually happened, but just imagine for a moment um, you were nominated for an Oscar or you were nominated for Employee of the Year, or you, know, you were nominated for Footballer of the Year, Husband of the Year, Wife of the Year, Student of the Year, anything like that, any big accolade, someone was saying, or you, maybe you were nominated for a Nobel Prize of some sort, yeah? And you end up going up to accept your prize, and the question is, who would you thank? Who would you thank? Yeah, because um, what is socially acceptable is that you would, um, and I hear Lewis Hamilton do this, Lewis Hamilton's a motor racing driver, brilliant driver, Um, at the end of every race you hear him on his headphones and he says says something like, thanks, I couldn't do it without you guys. Yeah, now actually there's some stuff that they just couldn't do without him, but he says, thanks, I couldn't do it without you guys, and he always thanks his dad and and, his mum and the family and stuff, yeah? And that is socially acceptable humility. It's not about me, thank you, thanks all your help, I couldn't be here if it wasn't for you, all of that kind of stuff. It's socially acceptable humility. It would not be acceptable if Lewis Hamilton on the radio said, guys, yeah, I am number one, 
I was the best, I am the best, that's why I won all these races. It would not be acceptable if I stood up having been uh, voted for an Oscar and I said, of course I expected to win this Oscar because my film was obviously better than any other film and my acting skills surpass all those others. Yeah, that would not be acceptable. Yeah, e even if it were true, it would not be an acceptable way of speaking uh, uh, about, about myself. Yeah, it's not socially acceptable. It would be seen as prideful. Yeah, even if I at the end of it thanked my mum, it wouldn't be acceptable if I just bigged up myself. Yeah, that's not how we do it. It's socially acceptable to remember others, think about those things. And that is how humility operates in our world today. And it operates like that for everyone. It's not just the believer. Everyone functions like that. Yeah, you know, you compliment someone, they say, no, it wasn't me. Don't, don't, you know, it wasn't me. Now, inside, they might be thinking, it was me. Yeah? But externally, we, we, we function like that. However, that is not true humility as defined by Jesus' example. Yeah? It is not true humility as defined by Jesus' example. And for us as Christians, we need to, I mean, and for the world that may be okay. Yeah? Social humility may be okay. But for the Christian, if all you understand of humility is that kind of social humility, you have missed something. There is something a lot deeper in the humility that we see in Jesus that as believers, following his example, we must embrace. And so we're going to be looking at that um, now. And so the question that gets asked or that can be asked is, what then is true humility? If it's not just that, you know, putting it off and, you know, thanking other people and all that kind of stuff... What is true humility? So I'm going to read from Philippians chapter 2, just a few verses. Very well-known passage. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for uh, just your presence with us this morning. I pray for open hearts in these moments. I pray for your Holy Spirit to be moving among us. I pray it will bring uh, the appropriate uh, challenge, encouragement and correction in our hearts and lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. So when we think about the humility of Jesus, interestingly enough, I think true, godly, Christian humility is both a choice and a reality. Yeah, they're different. It's a choice and it's a reality. It's not a gift. Yeah, humility is not a gift. God doesn't, oh, God has given me the gift of humility. 
No, God doesn't gift you with humility. You can choose to humble yourself, as Jesus did, or your reality will humble you. One of those two things happens. Humility uh, is either a choice or it is a reality. Now, humility is a choice. We see Jesus chose to humble himself. The passage uh, says that. It says you should have the same mindset as Christ. He did not consider. Yeah? It wasn't, it wasn't God gifted him this ability. He did not consider. He thought about, he did not consider equality something to be grasped. It was something that came from his mind. He's thinking, what am I? No, I'm not going to grasp at that thing. Jesus chose to humble himself and there were three things that I want to say he did as he descended the ladder of humility. Now I've brought my ladder from home here. Um, Actually a number of people were trying to move this out the room because they couldn't understand why is there a ladder at church today? Somebody just left a ladder there and obviously there are health and safety issues with me using my ladder but it's my ladder and uh, I actually quite like this ladder. So if I can remember how to use it. No, yeah. Ah, I know, I remember. Yeah, see? See there, we've got one or two sort of very DIY buildery people in the church and they're thinking, what is Owen doing with a ladder? So I'm going to use my ladder um, because I want to make this point. And um, people often go on at me for not using practical illustrations. So here's a ladder, okay? Okay, so we are talking about Jesus He's at the top of the ladder, yeah? And Jesus, what Jesus does is he is going to descend the ladder of humility. And the first thing he does to descend is it says, he does not consider equality something to be grasped. Now, when we think about equality, for us, you could replace that word, you could replace that understanding with rights. Jesus does not hold on to his rightful place as being the Son of God. He's there with the Father at the very beginning. Yeah? The reason we know God as a Father is because there was a Son. Yeah? And there are so many hints in the scripture, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, that point to the fact that Jesus the Son was with the Father at the very beginning of creation. Yeah? Jesus and the Father, the Son and the Father, were in perfect relationship, in perfect unity together from the beginning. There was perfection in their relationship. And yet it says he did not consider equality, that equality with his Father in heaven, with the Holy Spirit. He does not consider it something to be grasped. Jesus gave up the biggest right that he could ever have. Yeah? And so for some of us, that issue of rights is a big thing. Yeah, I remember I used to work for the Crown Prosecution Service and uh, I remember when the Bill of Human Rights came in and it was, I think it was in the mid-90s because it changed some of our laws. It changed how we did certain prosecutions and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it also did other things which wasn't helpful. Yeah, Because suddenly it made rights such a big issue 
And when we look at Jesus, we can understand that rights can become a barrier to humility. Yeah? So Jesus gave up his rights. How many of us are willing to give up both our rights and also to fight for the rights of others? Yeah? Because if you are going to be truly humble, you need to give up rights. Jesus gave up his rights. He took a step down. And then it says, the passage said, he he didn't just give up his rights. It says, he made himself nothing. Yeah? If equality talks about rights, being nothing talks about reputation. Jesus gave up his reputation. Yeah? He gave up the reality that he was the son of God, that he was all-powerful, Yeah, that he was all-knowing. He gave all of that up and made himself nothing. He came, he could not have come any lower. He made made himself so that people did not even realise who he was. In my own readings this week, um, in John 8, it's a a really challenging passage for Jesus. John chapter 8, you read it. What it says in John chapter 8 a number of times about Jesus, people said about Jesus, was either he is mad or he is demonic. Yeah? Imagine being the son of God and being told you're mad or being told you're demonic. I mean, I see that even for Jesus, that must have been a little bit difficult. Yeah, to be told that you're mad and to be told that you're demonic. However, how does he cope with that? He copes with it because he made himself nothing. Yeah, when you make yourself nothing, you become of no reputation. Yeah? For us, if you think about how our images are created, yeah? what is your reputation? What do people think about you? Yeah? There'll be two ways people think about you. They'll think about you when they meet you in the reality, and then they'll think about you, the, the online social media profile you put of yourself. Yeah? And sometimes we put, you know, I mean, I mean I've got like a very limited online profile, um, but in those pictures, you'll see the best of me. Yeah. Yeah, the best, the best of me. Yeah, the pictures are as good as they can be. There are some very embarrassing pictures of me, but they're not online. Um, uh, and I don't take them, Pauline takes them. Um, so the pictures you see online will give you the impression, ah, she's a good man. Yeah, because we create an online profile. We create an image even, and we can get so caught up with it that the image we create online about ourselves becomes further and further and further away from our reality. Yeah? Oh, I'm not actually like that. Oh, that picture was like 10 years ago, and I looked really great then, and now, you know, things have changed. Yeah? But we create this online, like, reality, but it's not reality, but we can begin to believe it. And you see people that do that. They, they create social media profiles of themselves. They give themselves a reputation that is not real. How much do you do to protect your reputation? To protect how people view you? Oh, you know, mustn't, mustn't give that bit away. People knew that that was an issue for me. How much do we do that? How much do we try and protect ourselves? Jesus made himself nothing, which meant he had nothing to protect. He had nothing to protect. 
He's descending this ladder of humility. And then on the the final thing he descends to, it says he takes the very nature of a servant. He takes the very nature of a servant. So Jesus not only gives up his rights, he gives up his reputation. By taking the very nature of a servant, he kind of gives up all his resources as well. He gives up all that would make him wealthy, all that he has, he gives it up to serve and to benefit others. Most of us will use our resources, whether they are our gifts or our finances or whatever they are, we will use our resources primarily for our own benefit. I'm not saying you don't give money, I'm not saying you don't do nice things, but probably in the end, most of us will use what we have to benefit ourselves mostly. Even sometimes when we are benefiting others, we are doing it because we know it makes us feel a bit better. So that's what most of us do, whereas Jesus gave all of that up. Yeah, He descended this ladder of humility. He went down. No, I'm not going to hold on to rights. I'm not going to hold on to my reputation. I'm not going to hold on to my resources. I'm not going to do it. That's what Jesus said, and he is our example. And then, right at the very bottom of the ladder, it's almost like having given it all up, there's that moment where Jesus, where the Bible says, Jesus then, having given up all those things, he became obedient. Yeah. So one of the tests that you and I can kind of think about for ourselves in terms of have I descended the ladder of of humility is how obedient am I to God? How much have I truly given over my life to him and do his will or how much do I still fight for my stuff? How much do I still think my reputation matters? How much do rights matter to me? How much do resources matter to me? It's interesting just, just really to back this up. The, the story of the rich young ruler uh, was a man who comes to Jesus. Yeah, And to be honest, when he comes to Jesus, I don't need to go into the whole story, he doesn't care less about his rights and he doesn't really care less about his reputation. He comes running to Jesus. Yeah? He comes to Jesus and he says, he says, what can I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, you do this, you do that, you do the other. He says, I've done all of that. And yet, obviously, there's something about him where he doesn't feel totally secure about it. I've done all of that. And Jesus says to him, what? Go sell everything you have. Give to the poor, then you'll have eternal life. And then you find that the rich young ruler struggled on the last rung of the ladder for, the, um, for descending into humility because his resources mattered. It says he went away sad. He could not do it. He couldn't do it. He couldn't give it up. But when you descend that ladder, you can function in total obedience. And actually, it says of Jesus, his total obedience was even unto death. Jesus was obedient even unto death. So that first thing, humility is a choice. Secondly, humility 
is a reality. It's a reality. God uses circumstances to humble us. You need to know that because otherwise you might think when circumstances are going wrong, you might think it's because God is bad or the devil's at me or whatever it is. Sometimes God allows circumstances to humble you, to bring you to that place. Matthew 23, verse 11 and 12 says this, the greatest among you will be your servant. That's what Jesus says, and that's the final rung of humility. It's your servant. The greatest among you will be your servant, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And and that is, if you like... um, a kind of a spiritual truth, a bit like sowing and reaping, there is this other spiritual truth called humbling and exalting. Exalt yourself, he'll humble you. Humble yourself, he will exalt you. That's where we get our phrase, pride comes before a fall. You put yourself up, someone will bring you down. Yeah? That's, that's how it works. So humility is a reality. And I just want to talk a little bit about um, the story of the prodigal son. Yeah, I'm not going to read the story. Hopefully you know it. It's in Luke 15, verse 11, to the end of the chapter. The story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son reality causes him to descend the ladder of humility. You see, if you know the story, you'll know that the son, right at the very beginning, he says to his father, give me my share of what's mine. Give me my share of the inheritance. Yeah, it's just a phrase, but really it's a horrible thing for him to say. It, it speaks of arrogance, it speaks of um, ignorance. Yeah, he is usurping his right, he doesn't have any right to it. Yeah, in those days, the firstborn inherited everything, and here you have the younger son saying, Give me what's mine, give me what's mine. Yeah, he usurps a right that is not his, he goes for something that should never be his. And yet the father gives him. The father says, okay, okay, son. I think God does this to us. He gives him, okay, son, you take it. So he goes off with his inheritance, no doubt with big dreams. He sets out into the big wide world. What's he going to do? He wants to make a name for himself. What's that about? Reputation. What else is he going to do? He wants to make a fortune. What's that about? Resources. This, this, he's going off. He knows he's going to do stuff. So he, he wanders off me thinking, ah, I'm going to make something of myself. I'm going to enjoy the world. But very quickly, he comes a cropper and he loses everything. He finds himself humiliated. He's absolutely humiliated. He has nothing. He never would have imagined that that would happen to him. He thought that if I've got money in my pocket, I've got a bit of you know, thing about me, I'm going to make it. And yet he ends up with nothing and he crawls back to his father's house, head down with his tail between his legs. He began prideful. He descends the ladder of humility, not out of choice. He did not choose this way. This is what came upon him. He was forced there by his reality. His circumstances humbled him. On his return, he's a humble man. Yeah? Just think about that. The younger son, on his return, 
is a humble man. He had lost his rights. What does he say? I'm not worthy to be called your son. Yeah? He's given up his rights. Yeah? Secondly, um, his reputation, he says, just let me come as a servant. I don't care. He's been, he's been eating the pods. Yeah? He's been eating with the pigs. His reputation is shattered. He has nothing. His resources, he's, he comes now back as a servant. Let me just be a, like a hired person. I, I, don't, I don't deserve anything. I've been on the ground. I've been, I couldn't be lower. He has been humbled. You see, this young man went away after fame, fortune, and all of that kind of stuff. He loses everything, but here's the thing. By humbling himself, he regains it all. By humbling himself, he regains it all. This message may be a bit strong, but just hear that bit. By humbling yourself, you gain it all. You regain it all. Now, just very quickly, the brother's response. So we have that, the, the younger brother, the prodigal son, we know about him. He, he descends the ladder of humility because circumstances force him to. He doesn't choose to, he's forced to. The older brother, do you know what? He refuses to descend. He refuses. His issue was right. His issue was fairness. His issue was how on earth can you get, take this guy back? It's not fair. I've been working in this place for years and years and years and you've never given me anything. He comes back and you throw in a party. It's not fair. It's not right. He struggled with the unfairness of it all and it says he stayed outside. The celebration is going on inside. He stays outside and even when the father seeks to restore him and to plead with him and to win him, there's no indication he comes back in. One of them is forced to descend the ladder of humility. The other is given that opportunity to descend and he refuses. Which way do you go? Which way do you go in your life? We're talking about developing your character. Are you one who holds rights? Are you one who holds on to your reputation? Are you one who holds on to your resources? Are you one where there's partial obedience to God? Which way do you go? Each of us is given in this life the opportunity to be like that younger son. We've all been given that opportunity to humble ourselves. Sometimes we choose to do it. Sometimes we're forced to do it. Yeah, The reality of circumstances, oh, I'm not as good as I thought I was. I'm not as big as I thought I was. I'm not as good looking as I thought I was. I'm not, I'm not as strong as I thought I was. Yeah, you discover for yourself, oh, I'm not as bright as I thought I was. I, I thought I was better than I am. Yeah, I went out thinking I could change the world. I discover I can't even change myself. Yeah, do you embrace that and go, okay, God, I, I accept that. I look to you. Which way will you go? Some of us, it's the younger son. We, we embrace it. We go, oh, my goodness. Now, let's not go over too much over there in terms of we have a kind of a full sense of humility but you can embrace it and go oh my goodness God would you change me but others of us we are if we are honest more like that older brother 
We go through rubbish and we just explain it. Oh, it's because of this. Oh, it's because of that. Oh, that's why. Oh, okay. That didn't work out because this happened. That didn't work out because that happened. Oh, it's happened again. Oh, that didn't work out because of this. That didn't work out because of that. One of the signs for the older brother was he was jealous of his younger brother. Yeah, when the younger brother's brought back in, he can't handle it. He doesn't go, oh, it's great to see you. He's like, it exposes his own stuff. The beginning of the story, you think this younger brother, he's a fool. The older brother's a good guy. By the end of the story, you've switched. Why? Because one allows circumstances to humble him and the other doesn't. Where will we sit? Where will I sit? Where will you sit? In fact, not only does he not allow it, the older brother, he hardens his heart towards it. Now, why is all this so important? It's so important for leadership and all of those things, but it's important for this. The gospel fundamentally is a message about humility. It is a message primarily about surrender. It's a message as a, about, oh, I cannot do it. Yeah? I am not good enough. I don't have what it takes to make life work the way I want it to work. Yeah? I am a sinner. Before God, I'm a sinner. Yeah? It takes humility to get there. And so if we don't live in a place where we understand humility, where we're going to embrace humility, it's very difficult to be Christian. It's very difficult to be Christian if you don't think humility is part of the deal. Philippians 2 verse 10, just a few verses on from where we read, says this, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. And what have we said about humility? That bowing will happen in one of two ways. Either you will choose to bow or you will bow. Yeah? Because in the end, if Jesus is who he says he is, every knee will bow. You can choose to embrace that or you can wait one day and you'll be forced to embrace that. But for us now, there's a choice. And if you be believer here today, you're one of those that has gladly bowed the knee to Jesus. And my encouragement is keep bowing. Yeah? Keep allowing that sense of humility, that descending that ladder to be part of who you are. Don't kind of say, oh, well, you know, I wish I was more humble. Yeah? Acknowledging the fact that you're prideful isn't necessarily a good thing if you don't do anything. Yeah? Oh, do you know what? Yeah, I, I, know, I know I'm prideful. I just, I know I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's half the job. Yeah, but if you don't then take that step and say, oh God, would you help me? Yeah, acknowledge it doesn't, doesn't actually take you anywhere. There's an acknowledgement and then there is that reality, that obedience. So I want to pray for us. Um, we've missed on group again, which is really annoying. Um, but I'll send out the group questions to our group leaders. But I want to pray for us. So I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads and, and, uh, and give you an opportunity to respond. In fact, my love, can you just come, just, just, just tinkle there? Don't feel, do you mind just tinkling there? No, I don't, I don't need, I'm not going to sing, but I'm just going to pray. Um, 
Okay, so let's just just close our eyes for a moment. Uh, Some of us have been um, in this series fully. Some of us, you've just come today and I've gone bang. And uh, yeah, Uh, I don't always go bang, but sometimes I do. Yeah, I want you just uh, for a moment just to think about your own life. It says Jesus did not consider... It wasn't that he didn't think, he did not consider about equality. He thought about it. I want you to think about it. Because in a moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity to respond and and I'm just going to ask you to stand where you are and I'm going to pray for you. But sometimes it's good for us to pause just to allow the the truth of the word to touch our hearts. So my prayer right now is that you would not harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. Because remember the story of the younger son who went and did all he wanted to do and then he was truly humbled and everything he went out to do he got back when he humbled himself. And remember that overarching universal principle, if you humble yourself, you will be exalted. If you exalt yourself, you will be humbled. And remember what I said, that the the very essence of the Christian faith and of being a Christian is humility. It's that ability to come and surrender yourself to Jesus and say, do you know what? I'm a sinner. I recognise that my life is defined by you, not by me. And that according to your standards, I'm a sinner. And I need saving. So the first response I'm just going to ask for is if, you know, if there's been something in this message that has spoken to you, if you're recognising in yourself, do you know what, that humility thing, I I haven't fully descended the ladder, I'm still holding on to something, I I want you to stand where you are if you know that that's you, I want you to be honest with yourself, and by standing you're acknowledging that before God and a little bit public but really it's before God it says of the younger son there came a moment where he came to his senses he came to his senses and uh, I feel that for some of us here that you need to come to your senses about this So if you're standing, just just lift out your hands. I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to pray for you.
Father, I want to thank you just in this moment for all those who have uh, acknowledged in their own hearts that there's maybe they haven't fully descended the ladder of humility. That maybe they're holding on to something, whether it's reputation or resources or their rights. And Lord, I want to pray that whatever it is that you have touched, I, I want to ask in the name of Jesus that you would break that right now that whatever that hold might be on them will be broken right now. And that, Lord, they will be able to give this to you. Well, that doesn't need to be a big emotional thing, it's a heart thing. Jesus considered and so he acted. The younger son came to his senses and so he acted. And so, Lord, I pray for every person who has stood at my ask you would break for them whatever it is they have stood for. And I pray that they would know what it is to, to receive the freedom that comes from being completely humble, from giving ourselves to you. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you guys just want to sit down and do it, just do one other very quick response. And uh, it may be that you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus. You have never descended that ladder of humility. You may go to church, but you've never come to that place where you have given all of those things up to him. Your rights, your reputation, your resources, you've never given them up to him. And uh, I just want to give you an opportunity to do that now. So just as we've got our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if that's you, I'm going to just encourage you to be really brave and just to stand so that we can pray for you. see anyone standing so I'm just going to pray for us and then we're going to uh, close this uh, meeting. Father I want to thank you for just being with us uh, today. I want to thank you that you were with us in our worship. Thank you for the way you spoke through those different songs, those prophetic words, those prayers that came and Lord we don't want to lose lose that. We don't want to lose sight of what you've done and uh, Lord even as we then together and prayed for Andy and Stella we just commit them to you again and Lord I pray uh, I pray for us as a, as a body I pray for us as individuals that even this little few weeks that we've done on leadership that lasts Lord I pray that it will result in leaders that last I pray it will result in leaders who people follow and who people give things to do and that they will have all that they need to keep going um, because they have focused on the thing that matters which is really growing in you, developing in you, being humble before you, kindness towards others. I pray for these things, Lord. Uh, I 
pray that you would uh, continue to speak to us. Holy Spirit, continue to be among us in all that we do. Lord, I commit this week to you. Lord, I pray for every person here, whatever it is they have going on in the next seven days. I ask that they would know that uh, just that you're with them in it. Lord, I pray that they will apply lessons of leadership into their situations, into their relationships, their responsibilities, whatever it is. I ask it in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're going to finish there. Sorry, we we went a bit over. Um, Please be praying for Stella this week and Andy, and remember all the notices because I can't. Cool, we'll finish there. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team, or upcoming events, please visit our website, which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.